If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? Welcome back, film fans and pop culture peers to a brand new episode of Quality (laughs) Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, a very tame version Mm -hmm. of myself. And joining me from across the internet, as always, is Drew Douglas. You know, it's funny. I'm giggling to myself because I go, there's no way he's going to remember. But on the last (laughs) podcast, I challenged him to have a different opening where you didn't scream, welcome back. There is an idea, and I'm I'm kind of bringing that back from the grave after burying that, and it's an idea, and I'm building upon that, and it wasn't for this episode. I'm saving that. Yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna spring it on me. We're going to uh, I think dive right in. We've got something really special, and we like to do lists here on Quality Check Podcast, and we like to talk about our favorite things. Uh, one thing that if you're familiar with, we do every month and it's called the pop culture pickums per month and this episode is kind of like that where it is our top five most anticipated pop culture releases for the first half of 2022 there is a twist too these aren't just going to be the usual blockbusters like we had to um make some picks that are i guess smaller releases maybe mm-hmm. lesser known with having all of these picks of ours exclude any major blockbuster releases, I will say that there are a few of these that I, it could have a potential of being one, if not several of my favorite things for the year. We'll just have to see how it turns out. But I, I'm, I'm very excited to dive in and especially find out what you've got because before we started recording and, and we were texting about this, I actually have four movies and they all will come out theatrically, <laughs> theater exclusive, so long as they don't change based on Omicron or the next variant that comes out. We're also going to attempt to keep every pick under two minutes long. So if you want to, do you have a timer or do you want me to do it? I've got a timer. I mean, I got mine too, because I'm about ready to drop my number five. Ooh. All right, so my number five is a new series from Mr. Ben Stiller. It's called Severance. Oh. It debuts on Apple TV Plus on February 18th. Uh, Stiller directed every episode, and it's about employees at a mysterious company that undergo a procedure that alters their memory so they remember nothing about their home lives while at work and their work lives while at home. Well, I did not know Stiller directed every episode, but Apple TV Plus has a really great job. They've been, honestly, I feel like ahead of the curve of making all of their shows or limited series look very theatrical, very cinematic. 
Uh, the Shrink Next Door did that, I thought, and The Morning Show does that. I haven't watched C or Servant, but they are honestly on a really good run right now. They get, they have a lot of good stuff. My number five is a TV show, and it comes to us from the Russo brothers. They're producing it, and it is created by John Griffin. That name not may not sound familiar, but he comes to us from Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone series. He wrote the episode Point of Origin, which wasn't a great episode, <laughs> <laughs> which kind of has me a little worried about this, but I do have faith based on the premise. And so if you remember one of my pop culture pickups from the month of January was uh, based on a story that I had uh, written as like uh, a summary in college. This is actually no joke, almost a short story I wrote whenever I was in middle school. Um, and this actually really caught me off guard, but reading the synopsis hooked me. And <laughs> what is the show called? Read, just say it. You got one minute left. The uh, the show title is From, and it tells a story that of a nightmarish town in the middle of America that traps all of those who enter it. Comes out February twentieth on Epics. Um, I'm excited for it. That may or may not be on my list. Oh, fascinating. I do wonder how long this premise can last, though. Right? Yeah. Now, you could make that argument about Lost, and Lost managed to be smart enough to do it for six seasons. So it is possible. My number four is a new series about the infamous leak of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's sex Ooh. tape back in 1995. It's called Pam and Tommy. It premieres on Hulu February 2nd. Lily James plays the Baywatch star. Sebastian Stan is the Motley Crew drummer. And then we have Seth Rogen playing a major role. He's, he's one of the people that apparently stumbles on this tape and leaks it out. Lily James completely transformed into Pamela Anderson. Looks really good. I was not expecting that in terms of how much of a doppelganger like Pam Anderson she does appear. It's crazy because I saw a screen grab of her and I'm like, I, I honestly can't tell if they did some sort of like prosthetic enhancements or if it's digitally altered in a way like she looks like herself, but looks so much like Pamela Anderson that it's it's crazy. I mean, she looks great. It's definitely uh, it looks intriguing. I'm curious how they're going to play that out over a. Uh, run like that as opposed to a movie because it seems like it would be more fitting as a movie, but I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of story to tell there. My number four is coming out limited release January 20th, and it is fresh. It is the directorial debut from Mimi Cave in which Adam McKay is producing this. Oh it's boy. Yeah. Um, which I'm curious <laughs> how, like if he'll have a hand in that tells a story uh, the horrors of modern dating seen through the eyes of one young woman and her defiant battle to survive her new boyfriend's unusual appetites. It stars a one Sebastian Stan wow. and Daisy Edgar Jones, which this upcoming year may be her year, or actually this year now may be her year because she's also starring in Where the Crawdads Sing, 
which is a story that did not make my list, but I've been hearing uh, very interesting things about that. But Fresh, I honestly am really curious to see if this is going to be more of a psychological horror or thriller story, or if it's going to be more of a straight-up horror story. But this is uh, premiering very soon, and I'm curious if we'll end up getting a wide release through streaming or PVOD uh, once this comes out limited run. So I'm, I don't know. This, this just seems so interesting. And I was thinking about that recently. What would it be like dating right now in the oh. pandemic in like a social media slash, as this says, modern dating scene? Uh, I mean, I would want to be doing it if it was non-pandemic, you know, I I don't ever want to do that again. It's just terrifying to think about right now. Now, do you consider if you're not married and you're, if you're with somebody for like, you've been with your girlfriend for what years, two years. Yeah. It's now been, uh, just over, uh, three years, just over. Oh, well, congratulations on that. But do you consider that still like you're in the dating scene, even though you're not really dating around, right? Yeah. That's kind of what made me start thinking about this because it's so strange to see like that in terms of when you first start to where you are now and, uh, mm, man, it's just, there is something while reading this description, it just hit me in a way. And it's also like, I don't feel old, but with being, you know, lower thirties, it's just one of those that I I definitely don't feel like I'm mid twenties anymore. And I don't feel like I've got the amount of stamina to put up with, um, like the same thing in terms of like dating, like what I could have done in in my twenties. So it's so weird. I, I don't envy anybody that's single and ready to mingle. You know, like if any, anybody that I know that's single and I know they want to like be with somebody and start a family, like, I don't, I don't know how you do it. I honestly don't know how you do it. Yeah. I mean, that alone could be a horror story by itself. (laughs) Interesting. I hadn't, I haven't even heard of that, um, but I'm going to have to add it to my list. I like that Sebastian Stan's getting some love. Yeah, and it's funny because he's like top build, but I don't know if he's like the boyfriend in this. And if so, that will be interesting if he's the quote-unquote new boyfriend with unusual appetite. So, hmm, I and especially with Adam McKay being involved, I this could go so many different directions and I, it just seems so unique, so different. And I have to say a good chunk of my selections are horror or horror adjacent stories. Oh yeah. That's, that's my, I have the same exact trend. It (laughs) seems like we usually do for whatever reason. We're sick people. I don't know, but (laughs) all mine minus um, Pam and Tommy have some sort of horror element to it. And even yeah. you could argue Pam and Tommy is a freaking horror show. <laughs> um, moving on to my number three, it's it's from the show that we just talked about. One other bonus of this show, like one other thing that has me excited is a tweet this afternoon from Stephen King that says, I, I just saw the first episode of From. I was absolutely riveted. True edge of your seat stuff. Believable and scary as hell. Loves. 
So when I'm putting this list together, I see that tweet. I, I'm like, oh, I got to watch that trailer. <laughs> and it looks like it's shot really well. Um, so yeah, that's why it's high on my list. My number three pick is something that I have seen the trailer for. And I don't think it revealed everything because this movie looks bonkers. And it looks like there's a whole lot more that's in store for us. And that's everything, everywhere, all at once. Coming out, limited release on March 25th. And that is from the two guys behind Swiss Army Man. That's Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. And this looks so weird and awesome at the same time. Starring Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, The synopsis is basically a Chinese-American woman can't seem to finish her taxes because of a multiversal issue that is sweeping her into this adventure. And I just, I don't know what the (laughs) heck is going on in this. It looks nuts. We got that preview before, appropriately enough, uh, No Way Home. And the the only reason they did that was the multiverse thing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it looks completely bonkers in, in a really good way. Yeah, and and that's just, I just, I don't know. They're just so, that's something so cool about seeing a movie like this that is so outrageous and we're putting this in theaters. And it just- With Michelle Yeoh, which is just, I think, awesome yeah. that she's in something like this. Um, I think it continues to trend from A24 to just release really out there movies like Lamb um, anything Ari Aster, and uh, I just I'm I'm on board for this. I know multiverse is like the new thing, but something like this is just so outrageous, and I'm 100 on board. I want to see what Jamie Lee Curtis is like outside oh. of the Halloween franchise too. I like that A24. They do all these small movies, but even these small movies feel like they're getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, in in like a good way. Did you like Swiss Army Man? Funny story, I've only seen the first 15 minutes. Ooh. Yeah. And it's should, not you should finish it. It's it's good. I don't know if I like the ending, but it's uh the movie uh, as a whole, I think, is is quite good. I and and it's not the fact that I didn't finish it because I like I didn't like it. I just haven't really been able to sit down and just like focus on it without being bothered. So I'm like, whenever I can, that's whenever I'll do it. But um, yeah. You should do it before you watch this, if anything, just to see what they've done. Uh, The music is absolutely incredible. It's from Andy Hole and Robert McDowell, who are in Manchester Orchestra, this band Mm. that I I love. And uh, they, they made one of the best film scores where you can, I feel like you can just listen to it. You can do that with a lot of scores, but this one is just, uh, I, I find myself just listening to it frequently for no other reason than I just really like the songs in it. And A24, they they released, I mean, that is like one of the best companies around right now. Yeah, I I love how they, they come out with certain movies. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. And it ends up being... Awesome. And it's always something that sticks with you, good or bad. <laughs> well, yeah. I like that they risk it though. It's like this may not land with everyone, but we're gonna we're gonna put the money into it and I we believe it's gonna find some sort of audience. I gotta respect that. Yeah. 
All right. So my numero two, surprise, surprise, it's a horror film. It's called The Black Phone. It comes out June 24th in theaters. It's uh, written and directed by Scott Derrickson, known for Sinister and Doctor Strange, among many things. And it's based on a short story by Joe Hill, son of the, the great Stephen King who we cannot go one podcast without (laughs) mentioning at least two or three times, but it's about an abducted boy who can communicate with the past victims of his kidnapper. Ethan Hawke is that kidnapper. This trailer was released sometime last year, but I avoided it because I heard it spoils or shows a lot. Does it? I haven't, I haven't seen a single frame from this movie. I don't know if it actually looks good or not, but I like Scott Derrickson and this movie did premiere at fantastic fest back in September and earned, uh, from what I can tell, pretty solid reviews. You've seen the trailer. You said it shows a little too much. Way too much. It basically, oh. it's honestly like the entire movie, to be why honest. Do they, why do they do that? And this it's, is, a, am pretty sure, a Blumhouse film. Yeah, it is. And I just, it's annoying because in the trailer, you know everything that will happen up until the end. Like, you don't know how this ends exactly, but... Basically, everything leading up to that is foreshadowed in the trailer. That's not good. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I haven't seen a single thing. I've seen posters for it. Uh, this this creator on that I follow on Twitter, who is doing some really cool retro screen posters, did a retro poster for this that is freaking amazing. Uh, which has gotten me a little, you know, even more hyped. But cannot wait for this. It it looks good. I will say I was on board the first half of the trailer and the second half gives so much away. It's dialed down my expectation now because it like I've seen the movie and that I wish sucks so much. Uh, yeah, it does. So is is the kid communicating with a phone, I assume? Uh yeah. Well, and apparently I, I did not know that Joe Hill had written this story. I thought this was like an original story. But I will say the other thing, the um, with having uh, Ethan Hawke involved, apparently he loved doing this. Like he, what if he's just up. like a he's just like this real sick bastard? Oh, he's like I finally get to be myself. Ah, uh, that'd be funny. That it turns out that he is like secretly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> off the rails, and it wouldn't. You know, if he's kidnapping, kidnapping and killing children, I don't. That like, would not be good. <laughs> that's not. That's obviously not funny, but it would be funny. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be interesting to find out that he loves walking around wearing these masks, and that's what inspired Scott Derrickson to include that part. I'm like, but where do you buy that mask? Did he make it, or like, where do you get that? It's got. It's got to be like handmade or like homemade. It's creepy, man. I it, love it. Very creepy. Yeah. Um. Well, my number two is not a horror film, but it is more of a thriller, and it is called The Outfit, coming out February 25th from Graham Moore, writer-director of The Imitation Game. This movie stars Mark Rylance and Zoe Zoe Deutsch, in which it is about an expert tailor who must outwit a dangerous group of mobsters in order to survive a fateful night. Uh, We love talking about horror movies. Next in line would probably be gangster movies, anything that involves mobs. I saw the 
the poster for this movie. Oh yeah. I, it looks like a Hitchcock movie. It does. And I, I'm not seeing anything else for this movie, but it gets me really stoked because I love, love, love gangster movies. And I am about to start my annual watch of Casino and just blow through Scorsese movies because I also have really wanted to rewatch The Irishman. Oh and my gosh. I was about to say the exact same thing. I'm like, like I, I to watch that again for some yeah. reason. I, and it's been on my mind over the last like two weeks. And I'm like, I'll wait until January. And then, because almost every January it gets cold out. Uh, where it's just snowing and we're, we're stuck inside based on where we live, but it has been unusually warm, but we finally started getting the traditional, like the, the seasonable temp temperatures in terms of it just being too, too damn cold to be outside. Yeah. And so now I'm like, this is a good time. I'm going to do my Marty rewatch. And after finding this movie, I'm like, it fits and, in terms of like my timeline of of the gangster rewatches and also getting Mark Rylance to star in something like this as the tailor. I'm really excited to see what they come out with for this film. And I'm more importantly, I'm excited if this could end up kind of scratching that gangster itch because I feel like outside the Irishman, we haven't really gotten a really good gangster movie in a while. And the Irishman was good, but it was so wildly different. I feel yeah. from other Marty movies. In a good, I mean, in a good way. It's yeah. just not. It's not like Goodfellas. True, but I love the fact that yeah, Goodfellas, Casino, and The Irishman all feel so different. Because I still argue that Casino is is very very different than Goodfellas, and um, it borrows yeah. a lot of the marty moves but and even the irishman does but all of those movies are so different and there's something even though the irishman is so long i've been thinking about various moments in that movie randomly and i feel like i may be deranged for thinking no about no no, no. i mean i still think about the end of that movie and just how much it made me think about death yeah and just like the next chapter uh, you know, what comes next and and just the idea of just wanting to leave the door open <laughs> just mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, I just, I, I just, I think that one is just so good. So, so good. Did you love Mark Rylance in Don't Look Up? Yeah. Wow. yeah that performance. I <laughs> actually really <laughs> dug him. He was basically his Ready Player One character, just like amplified by 50. <laughs> I did, there are so many scenes though that he just made me laugh, but he was such a jerk. <laughs> Who was he trying to? Was he like a Zuckerberg alien clone? Like, I, what was he? What was that? He was he's like a mix between he's a mixture of Steve Jobs and Zuckerberg or something, and, and Elon Musk. I feel. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, it's like I he, quite enjoyed it because it was just so out there. I li you know? I liked it for that though. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I he I hope he gets nominated for that role at the Oscars. Oh man, are we having the Oscars this year? <laughs> Who knows? Is that, that going to be a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what are we going to do when the when we just don't make anything other than just massive blockbusters to fill movie screens? Is it just all <laughs> streaming like nominees? Like I don't understand what's going to happen. Oh boy, yeah. Because uh, we we are honestly headed in that direction. Yeah, and not to sidetrack us, but the I read this. Uh, ben Affleck is on the cover in the new entertainment weekly and he's interviewed uh, at length by Matt Damon and they get into that. I mean, he talks about like what he thinks the future of 
um, you know, the theatrical experiences and what movies are going to be made. And it does make you wonder because we are seeing that if you are not No Way Home, you are just getting absolutely obliterated at yeah. the box office because that audience at the moment, because for I would say a handful of reasons are just not interested in going to the theater. But then they do because he brings up the the last duel, this movie he is very proud of, and it it absolutely tanked. And then he goes, but then you release it streaming and we're number one on like iTunes. So you yeah. know, you know there is an audience for it. It's just they don't want to go to the theater for um, you know, maybe it's the pandemic, maybe you just don't want to get out, maybe you don't have the money or something like that. So yeah. Interesting, interesting stuff. Um, number one, is that what I'm doing now? Your, yep, your top spot. And my top spot is kind of a cheat. Oh. It's not a blockbuster, but it is a movie that I think will do very well. And it is highly anticipated. It's called Nope. Ooh. It's the newest horror movie written and directed by Jordan Peele. It also comes out the same day as The Black Phone on June 24th. In theaters, which seems like a stupid move on Blumhouse's part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is Peel's follow-up to Us, which came out a few years ago. It's his third film. There's literally nothing really known about this movie other than its mysterious poster, which for whatever reason feels like the cover of a Stephen King book to me. <laughs> and then we know the cast, which includes Daniel Kalua, Kiki Palmer, and Stephen Yoon. Did I say that right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. I I'm so excited for this cast. I I love that he's in it. I mean, well, I love that his post Walking Dead career is like legit. Yeah, it's like he has been releasing so many things, and I love it. I love. I, I still need everything. to see Minari. You know. Oh really? Yeah, I, there's so many of these prestige movies that I've just avoided and or had no interest. That's not one of them. I did want to see it. I just haven't seen it, and I feel bad. I feel bad about that. That's that's a good movie. I did get a chance, I, and I can't remember if I told you this, but I really dug it. Um, there were several movies whenever that came out that I liked, and they were kind of in that same vein in terms like of... No, was that Nomad Land year? Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't even seen that garbage yet either. Uh, and that's another one. Actually, I dug Nomadland. I was not really expecting to, but there's something very interesting that Chloe Zhao does with that film. And I thought it was very ingenious. It's something that we have seen parts of before, but I thought her structure to that film was was really quite genius and I, I shouldn't have called that garbage that was mean i was oh. just being mean um uh and it's it i could see where it'd be tough though like if you're just skimming through hulu which it's on hulu no madland is or even minari yes. and it would kind of be tough because it's almost like you have to be in a mood to watch those you gotta be in a mood it is worth it, it is so good all I can say is that we might as well just double up our time because my number one is also nope. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, I didn't think you were going to do that. I I picked it and I was going through, I'm like, I can't. And that's why earlier when we were texting, like no past account, even though it is like a mix, it is going to be com- comparing that to like No Way Home. Of course, it's not going to cost as much money, but at the same time, it's going to make a decent amount of money. But it's no, be, it's going to be huge. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it will. I there's just something about Jordan Peele right now. You know, this is his third film, 
I'm really curious, especially since us was so divisive that I wonder if he's going back to more of a get out style of storytelling with this movie, or if he's doing once again, a very ambitious story. I mean, I feel like both of those movies were ambitious, but uh, us was just on a next level. I feel. Um, that's just, I mean, two movies in, I I can't believe I'm going to say this, but that's his masterpiece. It's, and that's another one I've thought a lot about and I want to return to soon because there is something so, so ambitious, so many different things that he chalked full of just like stories and with the actors and even some of the, the scenery, the images are just so oh, it's, beautiful. It's so well shot. It's the ultimate Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the thing that you and I wanted when that show came out. We're expecting mm-hmm. something on the level of that or even get out. I can't say enough about being excited for this simply being a Jordan Peele movie. Automatically, you have, have a yes for me. And then you add the cast, you add the poster, like you said. There's just something in which I like... There's no universe where this movie's not number one on my list. And leading into that, I think it's fair that this is a good transition to say, what's our most anticipated movie or our most anticipated release of 2022? It's no for me. like Of the entire year? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Yep. I just, going back to with Jordan Peele, Uh, being involved. We don't know very much, but that's also another thing that's really attracting me to this project because I love, as we become so saturated with knowing things, what it looks like, what it sounds like, even plot lines, log lines, things like that, and we don't know anything except for the cast and the poster, you could give me that up to the night of watching and say- yeah like 24 minutes before then like I hear a little bit more and I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay going in blind to this movie because that's how much of a fan I am of Jordan Peele. My number one is also a horror film and it actually comes out this week. It's called scream. Oh, wow. That's your number one of the year. Well, this is the thing I went into this thinking, um, picking between January and July, like we do with the picks. Okay. So that so. that was my rationale, but Scream is very high on the list. I mean, I love this franchise so much. I yeah. re- I just rewatched the all of them uh, in recent weeks, but I rewatched Scream, the first one back in October during, you know, my horror binge and this movie comes out in a couple of days. I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to rewatch the first one before Thursday cuz I just lo- I could watch that 5 times a year and be so into it every single time it is it is i was telling somebody at work today that's my halloween i've said that a million times before but it just came out at a time when i was really getting into the genre and it just scratched that itch so much and it's just my it's my like all-time horror film loves it's i mean as we get closer i know that i'm getting more and more excited for that uh but yeah i mean that's it's one of those things that with having the list of horror i know as we get deeper into this year we're going to have more projects because horror tends to be the genre where filmmakers can get in 
film, finish editing, and crank it out pretty fast. So I know we'll get more by the end of the year. That's probably just wrapping up pre-production right now. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing how they can just they can crank them out. Now with screen, we're gonna cover that next. Um I I can't make any predictions because again, I don't know much, but do you want to predict how many like the killers involved? Is it gonna be a singular killer? Is it gonna be two? Are we gonna up it to three or more? Oh, that would be that would be wild, right? (laughs) Well, so you're not. Are you going to rewatch the uh, all of these, and or do you remember the killer and killer and or killers in each movie? Um, you'd have to recount them outside of the first film because I do know I have watched them all, uh, some of them multiple times, and I would like to rewatch the movies. But right now, I don't know. I could still do it. I could still pull it off. Those are short watches. Uh, so that that is still a possibility. But Because we get, we get two killers, and then there's only one movie where it's a singular killer. So I'm wondering. I, I'm just so fascinated. I, like, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> and I wonder if it's going to be. I feel like you have to have more than one person to pull off what, uh, you know, to make it real. Mm-hmm. You know, because to be doing what you're doing, there's no way a singular person. It's the it's like the logic issues we have when we're watching Halloween Kills. It's just like, how is he doing all of this by himself? <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna say at least two. I kind of want to go on a limb and say there's gonna be three. We're gonna like, <laughs> we're gonna really go for it, and then, I, which it would be bonkers. Yeah, I'm going to say three. I'm going oh. to I'm gonna up it and say that we get multiple killers this time. And the only other thing we can predict, any OG characters, we got Courtney Cox, Nev Campbell, David Arquette, David, sorry, David, David Arquette, <laughs> any OG character, are they going to finally bite the bullet five movies in? I bite think, the, they're going to yeah. bite the knife. I don't know if that's the right phrase. Um, <laughs> so is, will anyone die and then who will it be? Honestly, I, I really wonder if... Uh, it's not just going to be one or two. I, I really uh, think that we're going to take out Dewey. And, so David Arquette's a goner. I think Courtney Cox is a goner. Oh my goodness. And uh, what Sydney, if they did all three? I, I'm, <laughs> I, I honestly, I kind of wonder if uh, it could be the same with uh, Sydney. Oh my gosh, that would be bold. I I think that's one of the missteps so far in this franchise is they haven't, in either three or four, they should have killed off one of the main characters. In, yeah. in the second movie, Dewey's just, you. he should have died. He should have died in the second one. <laughs> yeah. And I think they kept him around because they just, they love him. Um, but I agree. I think, I think Dewey dies in this one. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I think it's only him. But you have at some point, it should have happened already. But it, they need to kill off a main, a main, main character. I, I honestly, I just think that this may be their way of rebooting it, and then they'll they'll end up taking out the three main players. Now we've also got. Um, it was previously was it Deputy Hart, and now is that right? Um. And she was in the fourth one and she's coming back for this yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes me wonder if I, I bet she survives and she'll be the only one of the OG. Well, I say OG. She ain't, but, an, she ain't an OG. No one cares about her. No. So, 
So, you know what I mean? I bet no one, well, no one's tuning in this movie to watch freaking <laughs> Judy Hicks, you know? Yeah. Having her a part of it, I bet she survives, but, um, so yeah. in the fourth movie, she's just like wanting to jump all over Dewey. Oh. Like she's just like, <laughs> she wants his balls so bad. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if she's still like in love with him in this one. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious too if that's the case because that would be um well nonetheless, I think that of those, she's gonna survive and Dewey's a goner. I feel like you need you almost open this movie and you kill off one of the OG people. That's how you open it. Yeah. I just don't know if they're gonna I just don't know if they're gonna do that. Yeah, it, it's it would be wild. Um, I don't think there's anything else we can really predict. So we think three killers, and mm-hmm. we think Dewey will die for sure, both of us. And then you're you're going to you're saying all three, which is just off the walls. Yeah, I just I, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stick with that. I know it would be bonkers, but well, if, if that happens, and somebody one of the OG characters has to die within the first like five minutes, that is your open, and. If you're gonna do that, go big and kill Nev. But they're they're not gonna do that. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I just I don't think so either. But just just to mix it up, I'm going to say they will. Now I don't know how accurate it is. You never know. But the IndieWire had an article and it said it's projected to make some big bucks this weekend and and do very well. I mean, they projected it to make more of this in its opening weekend. In its four-day opening weekend, because it is uh, a holiday, then the entire domestic run of Scream Four, which is it seems insane to me. Yeah, it but just, I hope it happens because then we can get more of these movies and I can be happy. I I know that apparently, yeah, the same. I I keep hearing the same thing in terms of this movie is going to be like a big moneymaker, and outside of you've got the trades reporting that the buzz seems to be really good for this, which is awesome. That's awesome going into this. I can't wait. And I'm excited. So that's what we'll do next. We're going to, and then we're also, um, we've lined up an interview with Ghostface. We'll have to, uh, ought to make sure that everyone survives because not everyone's going to survive the new screen. Like you and me or. Oh no, we'll survive. But as. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. We get what you're saying. Yeah. Just, just to make sure that, uh, I mean, I don't want to tie you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, film fans. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Quality Check Podcast. Until next time, keep watching. Keep slashing. Oh, that's better. Like Ghostface. Well, let's keep this part in there. Who cares? (laughs) 